0: Well, before we start, the Patreon is going really strong. So, a big shout out this week to John from the Radio Notes podcast and Roy Brown, who became scaremongers at ten dollars a month. We also have someone who actually doesn't like to use Patreon, and they paid a year's worth of scaremongering upfront on PayPal. And a big thanks to now this is what they wanted to be called, some fuckhead in Tasmania, Lewis. Uh, some fuckhead in Tasmania gave us a hundred bucks. We'll make what? sure. To- I know. <laughs> I know, it's surprising. We'll make sure they get a we'll make sure some parkhead in Tasmania gets a free ticket to the Hobart Show.
3: Damn, that's amazing. Next year, when like Motifoam is back on, we'll just go to like the wall of vaginas and post it up and see who grabs it.
0: <laughs> so, thank you, Subfuckheaded Tasmania. We'll make sure you get a free ticket. Uh, thanks for your supportership up front. Now, if you enjoy the show, you can head to patreon.com forward slash irrational fear and support us for as little as three bucks a month. You get extended interviews, extended sketches, early lineups, the opportunity to see what you'd like to have in the show. Uh, any other, Any other benefits you reckon, Lewis, to becoming a Patreon subscriber?
3: Um, I, I honestly I've never um been a subscriber to any Patreon, including <laughs> our own. So I I, uh, I don't know. I work at the ABC. I can barely afford dinner. Uh, I certainly can't go around funding podcasts, Stan.
0: The ABC is Australia's Patreon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording my end of this of irrational fear on the land of the Gadigal in the Euronation. Nation. Big ups to them. Sovereignty was never stated. Let's start the show.
4: Irrational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra come and Section Forty Four, <laughs> a rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences.
0: Tonight, the NRL plans to continue its season by shipping all the players to a quarantined island off the coast of Queensland. Health experts agree that taking super spreaders out of the population is very helpful. And New Zealand has implemented a coronavirus accountability committee to provide scrutiny to government decisions during this health crisis. Australia, of course, already has one. It's called the Minerals Council. And soon, if you're outside, you'll have to prove to the police that you're exercising or face arrest. In other news, Lululemon has released a new range of activewear made for loitering and strolling without a purpose. Keep your distance and burn your hands. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational
5: Fear! And don't
4: forget to
0: unplug your set. Hey! Welcome to Irrational Fear, the podcast to help you laugh in the face of COVID-19, which is uh, ill-advised. You don't want to get too close to COVID-19, unless, of course, you're immune yourself. You can knock yourself out. Joining us on this podcast tonight is physicist and science communicator, whose offer over Twitter to zoom into your homeschooling to do a lesson on space has gone viral. It's Peter Libedev. Hello! I'm so excited to be here. How many people have asked you to zoom in to give them homeschooling? I mean, so I posted this, like,
6: four hours ago, five hours ago, and it's been, like, six already, and, (laughs) like, that's fun.
0: (laughs) She's a comedian and a writer who tweets in all caps for obvious reasons. Uh, It's it's Nadine Von Cohen. Hello. Nadine, what are the obvious reasons why you tweet in all caps?
2: Because I started it and then I just kept doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and despite having 5,400 followers, he refuses to tweet anything at all. It is Lewis Hobber. Huh. Um, yeah, Twitter's dead, dude. Catch up. I'm Co- TikToking now. <laughs> Coming up on the Rational Fear, we're jam packed. We've got stand up from Melbourne comedian Mick Nevin. We have a brand new episode of News Fighters. We have an interview with a detainee in Villawood Detention Centre about how Serco is leaving them quite vulnerable to COVID nineteen, and very soon. We talk with this woman. Several, Several questions. Andrew, Andrew, I'm sorry, Andrew, I know, no, but you don't know, run, the run the press conference, conference okay? okay? So, so I'm, I'm going go to ask questions of members of the, of the, of the, group. Of the group. Catherine,
4: Catherine has another question. I'm, I'm happy to return to it, you, but let's just keep, keep it civil. To... Catherine.
0: (laughs) That's Suklin from TikTok. Her impression of ScoMo's press conferences has sparked a thousand memes. But first, a word from our sponsor. And it's interesting, like, given the state of the global sports crisis at the moment, I'm quite surprised that they've come on board with this sponsorship. It is uh, Fox
3: Sports. Stadium's empty. Footy fields in Fallow. EPO on ice. With COVID-19 fox sports is changing its remit and its name to fox board games
5: she's rolled a four that means she's got a ladder to top level a cinderella moment for mum.
3: 24 hours a day of coverage from the sideboards.
4: Looks like Dad has landed on chance again. The third time this game for Dad. He's had a lucky run, so managed to pick up the money stuffed under free parking last time round. Managed to get past the green hotels and the blue hotels, but will his luck run out on this one? He's to his knuckles
5: and he's going to pick-up. Directly to jail, sir. That's where you're going. It's a sad day for Dad, Bye. The rest of the family is
3: stuck. 24 hours a day of all the action off the board. Today's trade negotiations must be very disappointing for you.
5: Uh, yeah, Jennifer was the uh, best settler of Kitan player we had. Uh, It's sad to lose out of the in-laws, but families like ours uh, just can't compete. Uh, Her uncle is a chef that makes all the difference when picking a family to isolate with, so... uh, 24
3: hours a day of all the drama. The statement for the Samanovich family read, It's with regret that Timmy will face the judiciary over allegations of being high on sherbet and giving him an unbeatable edge during Hungry Hungry Hippos. The game has changed forever.
7: And he's down at six pieces of cake. This pursuit is anything but trivial.
3: Fox Board Games. Stream now or on demand. It's great to have their support, Fox Sports. That's amazing. I can't wait for the, um, the twister sex scandals. <laughs> now, it feels like there is new information
0: every five minutes at the moment. Everything is moving so quickly. Uh, the toilet paper shortage is over. The alcohol shortage has begun. Three months ago, Australia was a thriving capitalist plaything of the IPA. Now, half the people will be working for the state and their childcare will be paid
3: for. So basically, we're Sweden. Can we make this good stuff continue? Fear mongers? Yeah, dude, this is amazing. Plus, um, if you're you know, a fan of the environment, um, getting rid of a few people and making them stay in their house is actually great news.
2: <laughs> that's right. I've been laughing my head off at this, at our current move towards socialism slash authoritarianism that's <laughs> caught somewhere in the middle at the moment, and I'm very uncomfortable with it.
0: Well, hey, if you're getting free money from the government, you've got to kind of give up some civil liberties. Uh, I don't know if you saw this great footage earlier this week of the New South Wales Police driving through Rushcutters Bay Park in their cars on the grass, getting rid of people off the grass. Do you think that's an acceptable civil liberty to kind of give up in return for being paid by the government just to stay at home?
2: Look, I'm pretty happy to see any white people chased by cops. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I had the same. I was walking around Centennial Park yesterday, and the rangers were moving on groups of three or more. And it was yeah, it was it's insanity. This is insanity. We're in insanity.
3: Yeah, the strangest part has been the sort of uh, upping and downing on whether or not you're allowed to visit your partner if you don't live together. That, and I don't mean upping or downing in that sense. <laughs> I mean of oh, the flip flopping of the policy. But it's been like very bizarre because I think um, obviously most uh politicians uh live with their partners, so I don't think they stop to consider the fact that there's plenty of people who are there like no, you have to stay in your homes and you're not allowed to visit anyone. There'd be people who go that's i uh, you're not getting my vote frankly.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, that, that one question, can you visit your girlfriend or boyfriend if you live with them? Uh, after Morrison announced the rules on Sunday, the answer was probably yes. Then on Monday and Tuesday, the New South, Premier's off- New South Wales Premier's office said uh, probably no. And then Victoria Premier Daniel Andrews said no. Then on Tuesday, Victoria State Minister again said no. But then on Wednesday, New South Wales Police Commissioner said, yes, it falls under care. And then Victoria then backflipped again uh, and said yes too. Uh, Nadine, uh, is this confusing to you?
2: It's been very confusing to me. I mean, but, and mostly entertaining. Um, But I think that the whole thing of that, like if they're not going to give clear guidelines of anything, we're all going to get arrested soon. And I'm kind of for it.
3: In a way we are. It's just house
0: arrest. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see some sort of uh, ankle bracelet we could all wear Mm. that shocks us from when we're leaving our own home.
3: It's also, it's been funny to watch the government um, become aware of a variety of different people they weren't previously aware of. Like, every time that that they they do an announcement, everyone's like, well, what about these people? And they're like, I'm I'm sorry, I've never (laughs) met anyone outside of Canberra. Uh,
0: Who has a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Who are these people?
3: It started off with them not knowing what bar was, and since then it's just, like, rippled on. The point, like you know has Scott Morrison once stopped to consider the polyamorous community?
0: Not not at all. There are Mormons everywhere confused as to what to do.
3: <laughs> I imagine if you're from Hillsong considering even just considering the uh, polyamorous community is um is pretty tricky but it should be something you c- couldn't mind. Sex work gets a little confusing because brothels
0: will be shut down cuz you can't they're non essential service, but then again, outcall workers, you could still travel to work uh, to somebody else's house. You could, like, because tradesmen are allowed to turn up, so I guess uh, sex workers would be tradespeople at that point. I've definitely seen a lot of porn
3: where tradespeople turn up and it turns into sex.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, pool cleaners, of course. (laughs) Of course. I forgot the whole about the pool cleaner demographic. Now, Peter, you are a professional science communicator. How well do you think the government is communicating these new rules?
6: Well, one, professional kind of stretches things right now.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I forget. We're actually all unemployed except for Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair.
6: Um, yeah, not well. I can't believe that my main complaint about living in a police state is that the rules are too vague, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's been a lot of flip-flopping on, you know, the kind of the big decisions. And first, you know, you couldn't get a haircut. Now it had to be limited to 30 minutes. Now it's flip-flopped again and... Yeah, I just kind of feel make a decision and then stick to it. And then if you're going to change it, you know, explain why you're changing it.
0: Yeah. Now last month, uh, the chair of the NRL said that Australia just isn't Australia without a rugby league. We need a government to bail out a rugby league, which of course is quite a surprise to anybody that lives outside of New South Wales and Victoria. Uh, Well, since then, the government has pretty much bailed out everybody, uh, including rugby league clubs who have all been signing up for JobKeeper this week. However, there was one plan yesterday that uh, filled my heart with joy. The NRL uh, there's this great plan to get the NRL to, to ship their first grade players to an island off the coast of southeast Queensland. Uh, now, personally, any reason to keep rugby league players off the streets is fine with me. But fear mongers, is this a good idea? NRL Island, is it a good idea?
3: I'd watch the show. <laughs> uh, I, would definitely, I would definitely watch that television show, but I, I fear for uh, whoever was on that island to begin with. <laughs> That's right. And anything that moves could be prey. Nadine?
2: Are there women there or not?
3: There would be. They would find some. (laughs) They, if there weren't at the start, that they would get on. They'd text a few and um and get them over.
2: If there's women and cocaine, I'd watch the show. But it's a bad idea.
3: (laughs) Mm. I'm sure the NRL has facilities
0: to ship in women
2: (laughs) and cocaine.
0: And cocaine, yeah. Freeze people, right? I I think that would be great. You could rename the ball, the conch, and then everyone could take their turn in talking about their feelings.
3: I love the idea as well that now that uh, Rugby League has stopped, that um, Scott Morrison, who pledged that he would still be going to the games, is just showing up to Shark Park alone every Friday night (laughs) and just standing there and applauding nothing.
0: (laughs) Well, he's spending all of his time making uh, videos for the Christian community, so he should make a video for the Sharkies as well. And on Monday, an astrophysicist got magnets stuck up his nose while inventing a coronavirus device. Australian Daniel Reardon ended up in hospital after inserting magnets in his nostril while building a necklace that warns you when to touch your face
6: brilliant idea like i'm totally for
0: this (laughs) dr general reardon a research fellow at melbourne university was building a necklace that sounds an alarm on facial contact when the mishap occurred on thursday night the 27 year old astrophysicist who studies pulsars and gravitational waves said he was trying to liven up the boredom of self-isolation with four powerful neodymium magnets now peter what the hell are neodymium magnets
6: Uh, Neodymium magnets are basically a rare earth magnet. You can buy them off eBay pretty cheap, but they are very, very strong, right? Like if you get two of them together, it's kind of hard to pull apart. I have a couple floating around, but as soon as I've read the story, I put it as far away from me as possible.
0: (laughs) Uh, He says this, I have... (laughs) This is, quite, this is great. He says, I have some electronic equipment, but no real experience or expertise in building circuits or things. That's how you want to start. <laughs> I mean,
6: astrophysicists, right? Mainly mainly, kind of a theoretical field. You don't do much like, practical <laughs>
3: things. You don't tend to build stars in a lab. <laughs> it's also, I love that it's four. Like, I feel like four is a great number of, like, because one, if he just got one, you'd go, well, I mean, use another magnet to get another magnet up. And you're like, well, that's obviously what he's done. He's put one up. Then he's got the second magnet try to chase the first magnet. That's gone the wrong way. He's lost lost, grip. And then he's gotten two. He's like, well, you know what? I'm just putting good money after bad. Let's get this third (laughs) magnet going. See if I can whip this bad boy out. The third one goes, and he's like, you know what? Science, you should learn from your mistakes. Not this guy, I'm going in with the fourth magnet.
0: (laughs) Well, Lewis, that's exactly what he did, except he put two magnets in at once and then he put the other (laughs) two in to try and chase them. But they both got stuck in there and then he said, (laughs) this is the best part here. He said, at this point my partner who works at the hospital was laughing at me. He said... (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to pull them out, but there is a ridge at the bottom of my nose you can't get past. After struggling for 20 minutes, I decided to Google the problem and I found an article about an 11-year-old boy who had the same problem. The solution was more magnets, to put, the, put them on the outside to offset the pull of the ones inside. As I was pulling downwards to try and remove the magnets, they clipped to each other and I lost my grip and those oh, two nice. magnets ended up in my left nostril and the other one was in my right. At that point, I'd run out of magnets. <laughs> Oh, he thinks that's the problem. The problem is you run out of magnets. So his partner, who lives at the, who works at the hospital, said this. My partner took me to the hospital that she works in mainly because she wanted all her colleagues to laugh at me.
3: Fair enough. I think if you know anyone who works uh, in the medical profession, getting things out of orifices is like ninety percent of hospital work. It's just not usually the nose.
0: And, but this is the, this is like one of those times where you don't want to be one of those people that has stuck something in your orifice because you need all those beds for COVID nineteen people. If you are planning on putting things in an orifice, just wait three months, like the rest of us.
3: Yeah, I've been looking over the COVID nineteen symptoms, and I have not seen um, <laughs> magnets falling out of the nose yet. <laughs>
6: I think there, there are many great parts about this article and this whole thing that happened in general. I think it's actually just pure poetry. But the, the photo of the medical discharge summary, the last two sentences, denies difficulty breathing, denies further
0: magnets. <laughs> <laughs> now, Peter, have you met Dr. Daniel Reardon before? I, I ha-
6: I haven't met him, but I have friends that uh, did their PhDs with him. Um, He's only a couple of years older than I am, right? So I have, like, plenty of mutual friends, but I've never met the guy. What's amazing is that, like, my Twitter – I'm not on TikTok. Sorry, Lewis. uh, My Twitter is full of kind of, you know, nerdy science people, primarily astrophysicists, and all of them all over the world, basically from every university, right, have shared the story (laughs) – Right and going, yep, yeah, sounds about right. I, I'd still give him a job. Right?
3: Yeah, it's like you know, everyone talks about like Marie Curie uh, experimenting on herself. It doesn't always end in a good bit of um, actual science.
2: And I'm well, calling Australian of the Year on this guy. Yeah,
3: I'm. I'm actually. Sure. I'm,
6: I'm actually with you. I think Can one of say- the reasons I, I love the story so much is that it's just this case of very obviously smart people doing very very dumb things. <laughs> But with
2: the best of intentions. Like he was trying to he was trying to help us like national hero.
0: Nadine, nothing describes having a go like this guy. <laughs> exactly. He should get a go now. He should get a go now. Give this guy a go. He's had a go. He tried to have a go. He got stuck. I would
3: like him to now get one of those tattoos that you get like on the inside of torches that tells you which direction is positive and negative. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A <laughs> rational fear. And I haven't touched my face in weeks. <laughs> in weeks. Coming up soon, the terrifying reality of living in detention with the threat of COVID-19. Here's a taste.
7: We don't have enough protective muggers in the centre and to make things worse, there are Serco guards who are stealing our toilet paper.
0: <laughs> your guards, the Serco guards, are stealing your toilet paper.
7: That's great. That's correct. <laughs>
0: It's a wild chat with the roos and knees. That's coming up, as well as stand-up from Nick- Mick Nevin's cancelled comedy festival show, as well as a brand-new episode of News Fighters from DJ Diabolical. But now, she's a 21-year-old smartass from Perth who rose to prominence last week when a TikTok of hers impersonating Scott Morrison, trying to dodge tough questions from the ABC's political editor, Andrew Probran went viral. Here is that
4: again. Several, Several questions. Andrew, Andrew, I'm sorry. Andrew, I'm Andrew, sorry. Andrew. I, know, I know, but you don't you run, run on the press, press conference, conference, OK? okay? So, so I'm going to ask other questions, questions of members of, of, the, of, the of, the group. of the group. Catherine. Has another question. I'm happy to return to you, but let's just keep it
0: civil. Catherine. She calls herself an internet shit talker, a terrible impressionist, and an anti-social meteorist. Please welcome to Irrational Fear Brooklyn Taylor. Hey. Hello. Now, like I like this Lewis because we joked a few weeks ago that with Ellen not having an audience, there'd be no platform for internet famous people to come and tell their stories. So we made one now. Yes. You're the new
4: Ellen. Yes. Oh my god. Thank
0: you. We can put that. Suckland said we're the new Ellen. Fuck yeah. Oh, don't, Let's,
4: don't claim me on that. I've got. I've been claimed to say too many things already and it's just, it's not, it's not
3: worth it. <laughs> I'll take on Ellen. I'll, I want it. Portia De Rossi uh, is from the same town as me. So I've been looking for a way to take her down for a long time. She's like I'm by far the I most just... famous person from Geelong and I'm looking for a reason to take her down a peg or two. <laughs> on the record.
4: I, I support this.
3: Great. So tell us your story, Brooke. Like where, how did this
0: clip come about?
4: Okay, so... um my work got put into well basically we all got told to work from home so everyone was working from home for a little while and I got to day six and I was kind of getting to the stage where I'm kind of sick of seeing my face and um, (laughs) I was watching the press conferences because I'm that weird 21 year old that's obsessed with everything Um, so I watched all hour of it and I could not believe that someone let a man get on stage and just fumble around and then yell at a, a report like it just it didn't make sense to me so I learnt the words and I intended to just imitate it. So I, the first video I posted didn't actually go viral. It was me imitating it, yep. but with his voice. And then I woke up in the morning and I was just drinking my coffee and I was like, oh, my God. And I couldn't stop saying the words over and over again. So I thought, okay, we'll do a one take. Let's see if it works. Put it in the background. And I knew all the words. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to post it. Left it. Went to work. I came back to my phone and I thought, oh God, what the fuck have I done? But like, this is not okay.
0: <laughs> so what happened? Tell us about that ride. Like you, you posted it and then you came back to your phone. What did you feel like looking at I your phone? I
4: posted it and like I just put everything down and I like went back. I, I think it was at nighttime. I'd already like done work for the day. So I went back into work for a couple of extra hours, put my phone down, put it on do not to And I came back to my phone. And I was like, why is it plus 99 notifications? Like what's going on? And then I clicked <laughs> on it. It was like. Ten thousand likes and i thought oh god like then i thought because i don't have social media except for tiktok tiktok's the first social media i've had in like two years after i deleted everything so this was more so just me and a couple only two of my friends knew about my tiktok account and unfortunately i exposed myself because then i ended up on everyone's instagram story and then on the news and it was like oh god i've just become the biggest hypocrite ever because i've preached for years no don't have social media it's the worst then all of a sudden she's viral (laughs)
0: Why don't you have social media?
4: Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so I used to be that girl on Instagram, and I don't even think I need to preface anymore what that girl on Instagram is. (laughs) I was like almost a wannabe Instagram influencer, and it was just a tragedy. And absolutely no one told me that I should not be doing that. And Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to
0: judge you, twenty-one-year-old woman from Perth. You know, it's twenty-twenty.
4: I was was nineteen at the time. Right, understandable. I was less wise than I am now, if that's even possible to believe. What was your
0: most cringy Instagram post that you ever did?
4: Dude, I just don't think you realise that every single Instagram post was me in bikinis or, like, just me. This was an unrealistic, this was not my life. As you've probably seen my TikToks, I'm 99% of the time in my pyjamas looking like a hot mess. And on Instagram, I looked like a freaking supermodel. I set an unrealistic expectation for myself. Like, no, no, no one was having that. So I woke up, thought, okay, let's delete it. I deleted it, my Facebook, my Snapchat, everything, and never looked back. Until TikTok.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And you did look back.
4: I did. Hey, Lewis, don't remind me of that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So are you planning on expanding off the back of this and and, uh, getting back into social media, hunting down those likes?
4: This is why I'm a fraud now because I wanted to get verified on TikTok because I thought it was funny. And I just thought, you know, what a big meme if I was verified. And then TikTok told me that it's easiest if you get verified on Instagram before you get verified on TikTok. Like it would just... (laughs) crossover right. and I thought well, I literally sat thinking for three hours the other day having an existential crisis of am I a hypocrite if I get Instagram again so I did <laughs> but all of my Instagram photos are um, they're just a bit interesting I've only got six of them I think maybe I might be lying to you but they're all just uh, not great so just doing it it, for the blue
3: team. It is important though it's kind of like um, you can't get like a um, doctorate until you've got mm. your bachelor. It's very yeah. much, you have to get your Instagram tick and then the TikTok tick. Yeah. And, uh, and, I do want
0: to ask you. And social you media is such fly-by-night. Sometimes you can just, you know, you get credited at Twitter, but you can't get it credited anywhere else. It's terrible.
4: I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> can't have
0: it. Tell me about the initial clip. Like what was it about the initial clip that you selected that you thought was really funny that you wanted to impersonate? Because is there something special, well, something special about the rhythm of that clip that makes me laugh? What about you?
4: I think it's just the fact that. Andrew literally was not speaking. He asked one question and it was just like you're having an argument with your boyfriend of you say one thing and there you go. He's brought up the whole year of bad shit. And it's like something underlying going on with Andrew Proben that SCOMO was like, you know what? I've had it. Andrew, this is not your press conference. Sit down, pretty much. Like it was just a lot. And I thought. Damn, there is a whole series that can be made for Andrew Proben and ScoMo's relationship, and we're not yet to see it, I think.
0: It's really strange. Like, have you had much of a reaction from Andrew Proben himself about about this?
4: Oh, my God. I'm on Andrew Proben's Twitter. My life's made. He posted on his Twitter twice and said that it was the first time his kids have ever acknowledged his work or have been interested. <laughs> I've done it, guys. I've made it.
2: I find it amazing that on Instagram you tried to be an influencer and you had the bikinis and, you know, that seems to be the way to get famous at the moment and all of that. And then you just had a T-shirt on and no makeup in your living room (laughs) and suddenly you're you're everywhere.
4: Yeah. It's like, well, the thing with Instagram is I had, like, quite a decent following on Instagram. I think I got up to about, like, ten to something thousand and so it wasn't that like, I yeah, just, it kind of wasn't me. And it was a bit frustrating that I was getting like recognized for something that I didn't find resonated with who I was. And whereas when I started TikTok, I started it purely just to make a couple of work friends laugh because, you know, after a long day of work, it's like, oh, what do you find funny? And we all have very similar weird sense of humor that I just wanted to make them laugh. And we had all discussed that element that had happened on the news. We all watched it. And then I thought, oh, my God, while they're all asleep, let me post it. And the first one, it didn't really do that well. And then the second one, yeah, there we go. And all of them, no makeup, nothing. And also,
2: you're you're probably the only influencer now, apart from possibly Celeste Barber, actually having a good time in COVID. Like, no one wants to see people in bikinis on beaches selling face cream. I'm not
4: not having a good time. but
6: Hey, Hey, at least least you're not shoving magnets up your nose.
4: We don't know yet. (laughs) 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 that out yet? Tune in next week. We might not know, okay?
0: Brooklyn, you you are what comedians would call, you have funny bones. Have you any aspirations to do comedy as a career?
4: Look, I kind of have always been the class clown in school and even in my, like, job I work in quite a serious industry and everyone's very cutthroat and I can't help but want to make a joke out of everything. But I feel like it would not be fun for me if I did comedy as a career, I think. I just kind of always think in my head that maybe that wouldn't be something. Like, i probably do radio. I think I could do radio because then people <laughs> don't look at me. Oh, Lewis is shaking his head, so I probably <laughs> won't. <wait. laughs> yeah. called out Triple J? Are yeah. they coming for me? Cease and desist? Where is it? No, like, Lewis
0: is oh my just God, thinking, No, all our
3: lawyers, We don't have any lawyers. <laughs>
0: Lewis like, is just right. thinking about all the other jobs he can't get if you get them. <laughs>
4: no. Exactly, I, I was know. just
3: thinking... I just thought when you were like, comedy won't make me happy, radio will. I'm like... Oh, no, that's what I was shaking my head at. I'm like, oh, if that's well, what Lewis, you think the part is. Nothing's
4: making me happy at this point, so it's worth a <laughs> What
3: have
4: I got to lose? Does TikTok make you happy? Look, I do get quite a lot of enjoyment out of it, but as I've got more, like, followers, it's, like, a lot more pressure and I do, like, this is going to sound insane, that like, <laughs> you really expect it to be, oh, my God, look at me and my 70,000 followers, whatever it is. Yeah. But, like, as soon as you have that, you feel a pressure that you have to keep doing what they want. Like everyone wants me to do a Scott Morrison impression every ten seconds. It's like, look, maybe I just want to post a funny video of me complaining about Tiger King. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to. You kind of. I think when you do internet comedy, you find one thing that hits, and then you have to feel compelled to rinse and repeat exactly the same thing over and over just, again.
4: Yeah, it's very um, pigeonholing. And it's like, do I make a second account just for shit posting?
0: Have you thought about going international, like breaking out of the Scomo bind, hitting up? I
4: did one front video. And he speaks so slowly as, if you can't tell, I speak way too fast. <laughs> so that's great for Scott Morrison because he's always fumbling and he's always stressed. Eddie Maguire, even better, did him today. <laughs> but Trump is like, "Uh, China? And it's like you can tell that he's, like, thinking and I don't think like that, so I can't do him.
2: It's not kind of worth impersonating Trump. I think most comedians no. have shied away for it. Like, he's a caricature. Like
4: Yeah, you don't need to, whereas, like, Boris Johnson... Oh, I was watching him last night and I've got to resist the urge to do that because, like, I don't think I'm going to do it well, but I really want to.
0: You should give it a crack. I'd love to see you do it.
4: Oh, consider it on the list then. I'll do it tomorrow.
0: <laughs> what about Jacinda? Have you tried to J- Jacinda Ardern?
4: I actually love her. So I just, like, okay, Who is doesn't? that bad Who that I don't want to impersonate her because I enjoy her? Like, <laughs> I think Scott Morrison is like that kid in class. It's like low key copying your homework, but changes the title. And <laughs> that, that's how we got fired from
0: Tourism Australia, interestingly enough.
4: <laughs> Legit. And it's like, I just nah, can't do Jacinda Arden. She's the she's, woman. We need her.
0: Uh, Brooklyn, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear. Thank
4: you for having me.
0: Coming up next, Mick Nevin will join us for some stand-up comedy. But before we get to Mick, I had a chat with Naroos and Nees, who, according to the Federal Court and the Australian Human Rights Commission, is an arbitrary detention in Villawood Detention Centre. I spoke with him earlier about how the Department of Homeland Affairs is leaving detainees like him exposed to COVID-19.
7: G'day, Dan. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. Now, we know that in places like... Prisons, cruise ships, places where people are jammed next to each other that, that stuff like corona can travel pretty quickly. How worried are you about coronavirus in, in Villawood?
7: There's a cohort of detainees who are totally resigned from life. They don't talk to anyone. They're so depressed that, I mean, you look at them, they've, they've literally, you find cuts on their body. So they don't care if corona gets them. They don't even care they're alive because their hope has hope been killed. There are other people who are, who got families, who are extremely worried with the corona and they're living with like um, eight people in one room in some detention centres. In others, like my dad, there are like uh, three or two to one room where there's not as much as a door to the toilet. These people are extremely worried because we don't have as much as a hand sanitizer.
0: Is that a big problem within the detention center itself? The lack of PPE, personal protection equipment.
7: Absolutely. I mean, to give an example. You see this mask. One of my friends from Queensland had to send it to me because the masks which the Australian Border Force bought for us got stolen from IHMS. Six, seven cartons of it. Really? Twice. The mask got stolen. Yes, from IHMS custody and. IHMS asked, and, well, what are you doing about it? It's like it's a very serious matter. We reported to Australian border force. But the point is, some one of the contractors, obviously, IHMS or Serco or border force, we don't know, it, has stolen that. The masks were meant for us. It's a big crime and it's a matter of public interest, which Australian border force should be making public as to who stole the mask. What was the penalty how did they court them hmm. but the point is we don't have enough protective mayors in the centre and to make things worse there are Serco guards who are stealing our toilet paper
0: your guards the Serco guards are stealing your hmm. toilet paper that's correct that's correct. Is there enough toilet paper
7: for you? Yeah, I mean, there's enough for us, us detainees, and nobody, no detainees hoarding anything at all because it's enough <laughs> to go around. If one of the circle guards told me that how one of the circle officers got caught stealing uh, toilet paper, like as in taking the toilet paper in their uh, carry-on bag. Yeah and then getting stopped and checked and they got spoken to in inverted commas. This has been happening a lot because the shortage for the detainees is not going to happen because detainees are using it so much. It's because the circle guards or some, uh, some of the other contractors are stealing the stuff which is meant for us.
0: And now what about washing your hands regularly? Inside detention, are there enough places to wash your hands? Do they give you alcoholic gel to wash your hands as well? Hand sanitizer?
7: No, anything alcohol based is not allowed within the detention center, mm. and which is pretty ironic because the the posters which RHMs has put up on the wall, they pretty much recommend that use alcohol based sanitizers, but we don't have them
0: so what what do you have at um villawood what what do you wash your hands with at villawood
7: we've got so i mean if you look at my room with me they've got they've got me a single room because a five years of trauma i can't survive anywhere else yeah other detention centres where I lived at, for example, at Perth there are literally eight people to one room. Right. Some of the centres don't have bloody soap. Wow. So they have to use they have to wash their hands with um, with shampoo, call it a blessing. At least we've got access to a soap. Mm. We can, uh, you know, wash our hands. In my compound, they're not like 70, 80 people, so we can keep our distance.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, in Iran um, during the during the pandemic, um, some detainees were... Temporarily released. Do you think there's a chance that you will be temporarily released?
7: Yeah, it's, it's, you see, it's very ironic. They demonize Iran that it's uh, um, it's a dictatorship and it's cruel and this and that. And you read the news; they released hundreds of not detainees, convicted prisoners from jails. Yeah, convicted prisoners were released for their own safety to protect themselves from coronavirus. And you see. Uh, you know, England uh, released immigration detainees. Australia is, uh, um, I don't know how to put it, it's not a normal country because <laughs> our I think our that's, that's, probably,
0: that's probably the best way to put it.
7: <laughs> yeah. Um, if if we are all released, all these co-offices uh, will be lined up outside Central Link as well. Uh-oh, irrational Fear.
0: You can hear the full 15-minute interview with Narosa Knees on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash irrational fear. Coming up soon, a brand new episode of News Fighters, but right now, joining us to share some of his cancelled Melbourne Comedy Festival show is one of Australia's best non-working stand-ups. He's performed all over the world, including War Zones, but he won't bomb here tonight because he's bringing us the best. It is the host of the Apocalypse Podcast,
5: Mick Nevin! Alright, yeah, thanks for having me. This is a gig now, All right. This is is it. This is a gig in in the time of coronavirus, so so thank you for having me. Uh, my cancelled Melbourne International Comedy Festival show was called Apocalypse Comedy Club, and before I get into anything from that, I just want to point out that I wrote the show last year, and I performed <laughs> it at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and then we had the bushfires, we had the dead koalas, and we had the coronavirus. So I'm not trying to say that oh, I am the Nostradamus of comedy, but... Um, pretty close that's all and if i do it if I, when i do the joke about the dead koalas i'm not cashing in on the bushfires all right i want everyone to know that i wrote that joke before the bushfires happened um coronavirus on the on the way it changes quickly doesn't it on the way the perth fringe festival i wrote maybe 2 minutes of coronavirus jokes got some great laughs at the adelaide fringe festival the laughs started to peter peter out a little bit on the coronavirus jokes and didn't get to do the coronavirus jokes at Melbourne because it was cancelled. So time moving very quickly. Um, I just want to, all I'll say about the coronavirus is this, people hoarding toilet paper need to wake up to themselves. You don't know anything about apocalypses. You don't need to hoard toilet paper, okay? In an apocalypse situation, if you run out of toilet paper, what you do is you just go and loot it from the home of the nearest dead old person, okay? That's how you get your toilet paper, get to know your neighbours. That's what I'm saying. you got to look at the positives of the coronavirus as well. Uh, like as soon as I found out one of my friends has got coronavirus, I'm just going to go straight over to their house, get in bed with them, drink out of their water bottle, and then I'm going to go visit my parents, all right? That's a lot, of, you know, why should I have to wait 20 years to get into the property market? Right? I can own a house next month if I play my cards right. Always got to look at the... (laughs) You've always got to look at the positives. Awful. All right. And and it is hard. It is hard to distill a 50-minute show down into a five-minute spot. But Apocalypse Comedy Club, one of the things I do talk about is that koalas are going to be extinct in the wild within the next 25 years. That is the prediction from a, a koala people. You know, if we don't change the way we do things... And I'm not saying this to point fingers at anyone. It's not your fault, Dan. It's not your fault, Lewis, Nadine, Peter... Not your fault, right? Individually, not anyone's fault. Collectively, we've all got some skin in the game, but what are you going to do? We're just going to wake up one day, koalas will be extinct, and we'll just go, oh, wow, that's pretty sad. Now it becomes a problem, though, because when the koala goes extinct, our children and our grandchildren, they're going to hit us up about it. And we're like, hey, koala, pretty iconic Australian animal. You should have tried harder to save them. Why didn't you? And we'll have to answer that question. We'll be like, well, Short answer, we just didn't give enough of a fuck. Long answer, very complicated, mate, because koalas live in trees, but people live in houses. And when it comes down to a competition between a person and a koala, the person always wins. And developers need to build houses to make money, and politicians need to take bribes off developers so that they can stay elected. It's a very complicated system, and don't even get us started on the coal mines, mate, all right? There's a lot. Also, koalas are very fussy. You put them in one sort of tree, they don't like those gum leaves, so they climb down, they go to another tree, they get eaten by a dog or hit by a car. That is not on us. That is entirely on the koalas. Also, mate, it was a very busy time, mate, back then. You don't know what it was like. We were trying to get tickets the sweater in the grass, but that got cancelled. Steve Smith and David Warner were back in the Ashes side for a little, and then that got cancelled. The rugby league players were moving to their their very own island. Sinus were getting magnets stuck up their noses. There was a lot of stuff going on. People were hoarding toilet paper back then, mate. Didn't you know that? Hoarding toilet paper. How do we know that the koalas, also koalas, they had chlamydia, mate. Chlamydia. Dirty, (laughs) filthy, stinky things. We're better off without them. That's always the end Just always blame the animal. If someone says to you, hey, how come you let the elephants go extinct? All you say is, well, if you had teeth that made very good chess pieces and piano keys, you would find life tough as well, okay? (laughs) Hey, what about the rhinos? How come you let the rhinos go extinct? Well, if you had a nose that gave rich Asian dudes hard-ons, you would be struggling too, mate, okay? Just always blame the animals. That is the secret. Uh, That's the koala extinct joke. A couple of quick ones to finish, all right? A couple of quick ones to finish. These are in the show just to sort of lighten the mood from time to time. Uh, I like my Tinder dates the same way I like my second-hand guitars, no strings attached. <laughs> okay, good. All right, good. They get better. They get better. Okay, uh, yeah, I like yeah. my I like my cucumbers the same way I like my drug dealers, Lebanese. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. All right. I think yeah, I think uh-huh. about this sometimes. Uh-huh. Why do they make tuna-flavored cat food? Like a tuna, that is an open-ocean pelagic fish. When the hell is a cat ever getting near a tuna in real life? I mean, not once have I ever seen a cat in a rowboat, a couple of fishing rods, he's going, I feel like tuna tonight, boys. I am <laughs> headed offshore. Doesn't happen. They should make mouse-flavoured cat food. <laughs> and cat-flavoured dog food. <laughs> couple of dog people in the uh, on the podcast that's good Dan obviously I I did say that way at one audience I said cat flavored dog food a lady down the front she just went yes I said well you're obviously a dog person madam and she went fuck cats Jesus not literally I hope I'll finish on this one Uh, I think the hardest part about people smuggling is getting them up your ass Obviously, getting them out again is no picnic either, but you know, you've got to start somewhere. Thank you very much for having me on the Rational yeah. Fear podcast. I'm Mick Nevin. I hope to see you again sometime. Thank you. Yeah, Yay.
0: Mick Nevin. Oh, fantastic. That is great. Uh, Mick, uh, where can people see you? Well, they can't.
5: People can see me at my house. If they wait <laughs> out the front, I go and exercise once a day in the park across the road. Um uh, apart from that you can listen to my podcast apocalypse comedy podcast I'm going to be starting the uh the what, what's it, the isolation episodes yeah I'm going to be starting the isolation episodes very soon and then um you know sometime after september i'll be at a comedy club near you <laughs> nadine do you have anything to plug
2: um no unfortunately just follow my twitter
5: it's
0: all caps and it's all quality
6: peter do you got anything to plug uh stargazing is free and you don't need <laughs> anyone to do it with. I highly recommend that.
3: <laughs> Lewis Hover, um, Yeah, you can get uh, uh, with me. I'm going to be doing a Zoom meeting where I'm going to be getting some magnets and uh, I've got a few ideas. Uh, I've got a bit of a plan. Stick with me. Bring your own magnets. I'll explain <laughs> more later. And uh, thanks to Suklin on TikTok, Neruza
0: Knees, Dylan Bain, Rupert Degas, Jacob Round, and our fear mongers for tonight, Nadine Von Cohen, Peter Levedev, Lewis Hobber. Next week's show, we have Andrew Denton from his Boomer Bunker and Michelle Laurie, who will also be joining us. Coming up next is News, news Fighters. Until then, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. This
3: is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you
7: don't have to.
1: Hello, everyone, welcome to News Fighters for Today, Friday, April the 3rd, 2020. Now, before we get to the big Australian political news of the week, let's touch base with our coronavirus tone deaf celebrities. And this week we have Weird Al Yankovic, who decided to mimic what's been happening in Europe by doing a concert on his balcony in LA on his accordion. <laughs> Okay, Weird Al Yankovic was playing the song Classical Gas there. I I don't know. I suppose it could have been worse. I mean, imagine if he'd dedicated this to all the frontline healthcare workers.
6: (music) ¶¶
1: Okay, also in the US, the CBS TV network put together a feel good package of its celebrities wishing us all well through the pandemic. Because if there's one thing we all love, it's millionaire TV stars telling us we're all in this together and we should all just smile more.
2: We are all in this together. We're all in this together. We're all in this together.
1: together. We are
4: all in this together.
1: (laughs) We want you to know that you are not alone. You're not alone. You're not. We're still connected.
6: We're still us
3: can still laugh and smile.
6: Still share moments.
1: And be happy. Oh, great. The kid who plays young Sheldon is telling me to be happy. Thanks, kid who plays young Sheldon. You know what would make me happy is you paying my rent. Are you going to pay my rent, young Sheldon? Okay, okay, sorry, i got to snap out of it. Let's get back to Australia, where this week we finally had the socialist revolution we've all been waiting for, commanded by Comrade ScoMo
5: himself. $130 billion paid to businesses to keep 6 million workers employed even if there's no work.
2: Private hospitals are being handed more than a billion dollars to effectively merge with the public health system. The Prime Minister has announced free childcare, something we never thought we'd see in Australia.
1: Yeah, we should have seen it coming. I mean, Sky News uh, talking head and former Liberal Minister Bronwyn Bishop has been warning us about the socialist takeover for years.
7: We've seen again and again, haven't we, the infiltration of our institutions by socialism, which wants to
1: destroy yep. the country as we know it. Has anyone checked on Bronwyn Bishop? I'm worried she might fly a helicopter into a building. In fact, the entire somersault of political sides this week has meant that everyone over at the Murdoch owned Sky News is sounding like they work at Green Left
3: Weekly. And I have no dramas whatsoever at writing a cheque for those people who are in that Centrelink line.
5: It really has exposed, hasn't it, Rowan, about how many people
0: live paycheck to paycheck. You know, rents, Uh, there's an organisation that's trying to stop rent being paid,
3: there's there's these sorts of measures are really critical.
5: The big foreign multinationals, well they'll get by because they'll cut costs, they'll keep on their fat cat executives. Yet they'll jettison ordinary workers to survive.
1: Yeah, we're in some kind of bizarro world here when the Sky News commentators are talking up the welfare state, hating on rich fat cat multinationals and landlords, and even talking about wanting to protect the lives of foreigners off our borders in boats. I think we do have a responsibility to treat people who are critically ill, who are on our border, and who could die. What the hell happened this week? Take me back to the before times. I want to go back. God, I'll tell you what, after this week, I don't know what to expect next. A Peter Dutton might open an orphanage Cory Bernardi might become a gay marriage celebrant. Bob Catter might marry a crocodile. And uh, uh, there'll be free weed dispensary place. Anyway. Okay, that's News Fighters on Irrational Fear. It was written and produced by me, Dylan Bain. To hear future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube. Search for News Fighters or check us out at newsfighters.com. Thanks for having us, Dan. Keep washing your hands, and bye for now.
4: This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to.